millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lonnie, do you ever look back at the beginning of the show and remember that it was sort of like a fun comedy of a guy who was a, an assassin who went to acting school? And it was just like a fun I, time. I do remember when it was a bit more on the Hollywood satire, yeah. Uh, less of a, uh, I don't know, a biting look at death and... Violence in America. Violence. The, 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 the hidden dark soul of the Western civilization. Yeah. It was funnier at the beginning. I'm not saying it wasn't funny later on, though. No, not at all. I just think the pipeline from let's watch this show that Bill Hader's made that's kind of a quirky concept to emotional devastation. It's just quite a journey. I think it's even better that it was natural. They didn't try and force it on us. It just happened. Absolutely. Hello there, everybody. This is I Only Like You and Movies. And for the next couple of weeks, our HBO Black Comedies. My name is Lonnie. Her name is Sine. How you Hi. doing, Sine? Good, thanks. Uh, Barry is a show watching, as you've seen from the title and from our little intro. Uh, it actually ended a few weeks ago, months ago maybe by this time, the time this comes out. But we've let the dust settle. We let everybody else get their opinions out there. And now we're coming in with the correct take on season four and the whole, I guess, the whole series of Barry. That's what good you that you've, today? yeah, analysed it from that lens and this is the approach that we're taking instead of we missed the boat and didn't get our podcast recorded in time to be part of the cultural discourse no no it's just i think it's a good time to have some distance yeah. from from that work out what they were wrong and then we can just tell them yeah this is the correct take on everything i see now from memory we did review season three when it came out last year hmm. um but season one and two we didn't watch at the time but then we've went back into it I watched it during during lockdown, and then I got Sine into it because I was also enamored with it. And we the sort of um, first impression, or when I talked about it, like, oh, Bill Hader, oh yeah, he's in those comedy movies. Oh, he's done some show. Okay, let's give it a go. Because that's how I first went into it. Because um, I heard it was good and stuff, but then I was like, oh, I don't really know Bill Hader that much. Kind of like him and stuff. And watching it, I was blown away. Here are the two things I knew Bill Hader from: SNL. Mm-hmm. which I don't watch. And I don't think their sketches are very funny, but, like, I knew he was an actor on there. And um, the voice of fear in Inside Out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were my yeah, two, of... two forays into Bill Hader territory. Uh, no, and he was in Trainwreck and lots of other, sure. other comedies, but not, like, wasn't a star, which I would consider him to be now. But probably, I think more behind the camera people are excited about what he's doing next now yeah turns out to be one of the best directors of the 21st century like okay (laughs) it's so funny to to chart his career because he started off behind the scenes doing um like production assistant style roles Mm -hmm. and crew and then he happened to take some improv classes and do some comedy and was picked up um 
by SNL sort of on the recommendation of, of somebody who saw him at a show. And so he's like accidentally becomes a comedy star and one of the best. And now it's doing, does done Barry and what well, not going to say accidentally, but the, the fact that he has gone on to be, be so impressive in writing and directing this show, which it could just be a very broad comedy t- turning into a, a really uh, deep exploration of all those themes you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's not the most um, natural arc for a director, but I guess there's no right or wrong way to have a career. Yeah. It's just interesting to see how, how it went for him. And I feel like a little bit, though, people online at least have been a bit more excited about what comes next, but maybe we should take a time to appreciate how good season four was of Barry, not just focusing on, oh, Bill Hader definitely wants to leave this show and he definitely rushed it so he could go off and make his horror movies now. I think that kind of a bit cheapens a bit of the experience we've had here in season four. What do you think? I agree. And I think that's probably down to the sort of um, continual cycle of content that's Mm. happening at the moment, especially in online discussion around it, is that we're always looking at the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. What can we binge now? What can we binge now? Mm. Rather than taking a considered approach to experiencing art, maybe. Yeah, fair enough. What I'm saying is we're better than everybody else. I think that's that's where I'm getting. Correct opinion. (laughs) um having said that i do have a a slight concern with season four of barry so overall should we talk about what 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 happened well should we do so non-spoilers go watch it don't know why you're here but like um yeah do what do you want to chart the final season well yeah i think season four in particular we should talk about because that's the one that was just released i i do have some sympathy to the view that it was rushed. I think the narrative was a little mm-hmm. bit rushed in the sense of there's a time jump. And yes. it kind of feels like there could have been a season four and then a time jump into a season five, which ends. Agree. Yeah. But that, I don't that's... think they knew that they wanted to do that until they got there. And then they're like, yeah, potentially. well, we've got one final season and Bill's was sort of like, this is purely speculation. Um yeah. This it. is where I want to take the character. This is how I wanted mm. to end it. And I guess we've only got one season to do it. So let's tell that part of the story. Um, yeah. And I, I don't mind the idea of like, let's get out while we're still hot. Let's not drag it on. Um, you know, it takes a long time to make something. So yeah. if we can tell the story how we want to tell it, if it's a little bit truncated, then let's do it rather than going on too long and people get bored or, or stop caring. Yeah, I guess like two things. One, I think it could have benefited from another season, a season five being the time mm. jump one. But also, I guess, considering the fact of economic storytelling and the fact that Barry is able to contain so much narrative in a 20 to 30 minute episode, mm. maybe that's why it sort of worked in the end because we're already used to learning so much and experiencing so much in a single episode. Like maybe the time jump, I don't think it completely worked for me, but it worked better than perhaps on another show that would have dragged this mm. out for a 45-minute episode. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess true for if any show was to be really economic in storytelling and do this, it would be Barry. Yeah, and they, they obviously filled in the gaps enough and we knew the characters so well mm. after three and a half seasons that it wasn't like we missed anything really by going there to in the fourth season time jump. I, I do think that, like it, it would have been nice to maybe see, um, like Hank turn turn into the crime lord slash nice yeah. face of a company. Yeah, it would have been nice to see 
the raven become the raven in prison. Yes. Um, and it would have not also been cool to see uh, Barry descend into this sort of uh, Christian face mm. persona mm-hmm. that he puts on after trying to run away from his dark past. Um, but also it was nice to see the contrast and just try and, and you know, maybe maybe our imagination can fill in those gaps better than a whole season would have. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it quickly worked, but... And there were some episodes, like, I think, is it the first um, four episodes, we loved it. We're like, oh, my mm. God, how can this get... It's getting better and better and better. And the next couple, we're like, oh, <laughs> what's happened? Has it gone bad? But yeah. I think it was it was not so much bad, but different. So I think... And we just had to rewire our brains a bit to understand the time jump and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about how else you could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I don't have an answer. Don't be excited. But <laughs> just in terms of like, this is clearly what Bill Hader wanted to say. And we should say, give a recommendation. I'll link it in the show notes for the Prestige TV podcast where um, Bill is actually talking about each episode and breaking it down and explaining why mm-hmm. he made certain choices. It's really eye-opening. But like it, from those discussions, it became quite clear that he was really interested in giving Barry a son. And having that father-son relationship play out. And the only way that he could do that is by doing the time jump. But it turns it does turn into a bit of a different show. Like we're in this weird, like desert place. Sally's a complete alcoholic. They're acting, they're pretending to be different people. Um with a grown-up son. Yeah, I I don't know. And they, they turn up the um like the psychological horror. You can't really you're not really yes. sure what's real, mm-hmm. and it gets a bit scary. Like you, we were freaked out by the scene where she's yeah got a, a, a black figure behind. That her, was absolutely her. terrifying. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say I did not understand that when we first saw it. I was like, okay, they've sent killers to get her. They're trying to destroy yeah, which the is house. What you're supposed like, to think, yeah, yeah, I know, but like, mm. obviously now, you know, he's saying. My eye, my eye, why would you do that? Um, also, great segue for, to set up myself to ask you this question. The police that men that she goes to see in that final episode or two, mm. he was the guy. Did you end the up listening she... to the last episodes of The Prestige? I didn't get to that yet. No, okay, sorry. yeah. So they brought, they had a different actor playing the police officer and mm-hmm. then they got the actor who Sa- Sally's character killed to play the police officer so you're supposed to be like it was the police officer even real mm. you know she's constantly being haunted by the fact that she's killed somebody well Those, she goes up to the yeah. policeman and then then leaves straight away doesn't she yes like nothing's wrong so yes maybe there was a policeman there but then she projected the guilt or the whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, that's cool yeah so it's some cool things like that um i i'd like to dissect probably the most heartbreaking scene of TV ever maybe mm-hmm. um which is episode four mm-hmm. which is Christabel's demise and heartbreaking acting from Anthony Carrigan who did that seven times <laughs> uh That's torture making yeah the actor do that <laughs> yeah uh that for me is one of the best pieces of storytelling and acting I've ever seen. 
Um, so the the dynamic obviously is that um, Cristobal, Cristobal's like uh, older Chechen gang members, I guess, <laughs> want to come and see that he's a crime lord and he's ready to take over the empire. Hanks. Sorry, crime Hank. Lord. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, Cristobal doesn't want to do that essentially, and they break up. But knowing what they both know, what will happen, which is that um, Cristobal will die. And yet Hank has to let him die. Mm. <sighs> and the shot, the shot where the other actor's wearing the same shirt and he comes up behind Hank having a complete meltdown. Hank packs all those emotions away and then we pan up to see what's happened. Mm-hmm. Beautiful filmmaking. Like that. <sighs> it's another thing about Bill Hader in these discussions is that he's spoken about like, like there's so, so many questions that are like, well, why did you think to do that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I thought it could be cool. You know, or he's just like, oh, yeah, I kind of wanted to do this and I, I hope it worked. And it's like, mm. I think that's the level of where genuine talent eclipses experience or trying or learning something is that, like, he's just got these instincts for how to make good, well, how to do good visual storytelling. And I think a lot of that is innate in him. He just he just has it. All of his instincts of, oh, this would be cool, this would be great or work because he he just has a knack for this and that's where probably where his career which i charted before comes mm. in handy because he's had the behind the scenes being yeah. lowest member on the crew then being the actor who's in the middle of it all mm-hmm. and probably having his own ideas that that obviously don't get yes. conveyed because you're just the actor you're not the director or cinematographer and now he can use all that when he's the boss but at the same time it seems like from everything we've read and, and seen him talk about he is not like a, a dictator on set. He takes on people's ideas and yeah. is, is very keen for them to contribute as well. So, yeah, it sounds like a perfect alchemy. It's what you said before as well in terms of the economical storytelling overall, like in these mm. quite short episodes and quite short seasons, yet that there's so much conveyed. I think about his just his setups with the camera. Mm. It's, it's like they've got a – like they're working on doing – the the fewest amount of setups but they can tell the story just in one shot or a few shot reverse shot or the camera pans up and tells the story and other things it seems like they're editing all around and chucking in so many um different shots to hide Mm -hmm. the fact that they don't know what's going on um yeah that was interesting like the um there's a clip of fuchs calling what does he call hank can't remember now does he call barry in the prison and that was just b-roll from when they were setting up the shot and they found that in editing mm-hmm. like there's so much of these wonderful things that they just found in editing um, yeah and there's like well the the most obvious one that comes to mind is the mm. is when hank has a bazooka and he's trying to um hit the mansion yes and then he has to run away and the camera just is in one shot just one setup and just pans around as mm. the whole car chase and that happens in some movies, that would be so many complicated shots. Yeah. Um, you'd follow the bazooka, you'd follow his face, you'd run away to the car. Um, but this one is just, you know, starts off wide, it gets wider. Yeah. The action plays out in front of it. It's a bit Looney Tunes, it's a bit like mm. Grand Theft Auto. There's obviously inspiring a lot of this as well. They're kind of, because they're obviously in a, a world where the cops exist, but it's also a world where you can buy a bazooka and show, 
yeah. fire it in in LA and no one comes to get you afterwards. Yeah. I loved hearing the behind the scenes discussion of that shot and, mm. you know, they had people queuing the baddies to come in at certain points to chase Hank down with mm, his guns and they had the stunt driver already in the car and that was who you saw right, fall into the bushes, not Hank. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just, it's almost a, a way of, um, a theatrical way of directing, mm. which is, I think, again, yeah. works because it's got that other level of, you know, relevance to this particular show. But um, it's very much you're going to come in at this queue and then the camera's going to pan here and then we're timing all these people mm. to come in at this moment. Like it's, it's to me, feels like a much more organic way of shooting rather than, all right, actors say your one line, got that, all right, reset to the other actors so they can say their one line. Okay, yep, we've got that. Now it's reset to a wide shot. And, like, there is some of that in this, but it just seems yeah. more thought out and more creative the story i had i don't know if it was on the podcast or an interview with with bill hader about i think it was actually about the um the conversation happened after the car chase you know the motorcycle chase from season three yes yeah that amazing sequence with no music and it's just the most thrilling thing Mm -hmm. ever put to film not just even tv but i think any sort of visual format um i think it might have been him talking then back to season one where you just talking about his setups with a cinematographer and they were like, oh, you want to shoot this. You don't want to cover it. You actually want to shoot a movie here. You don't just want to get enough footage that we can edit something together mm. later in post. That's interesting. And I think that's been sort of the the leading, um, like the lodestar they've been all working towards since then is like, you know, mm. let's make it visually interesting. Let's tell the camera, tell the story with the camera as well as the actors saying the lines. Yeah. And too many shows just become... Let's just put a camera in front of the person who's speaking and then just bridge together the the images that way. Well, I think that's the difference between auteurs, right, and regular directors. And um, the fact that Bill wants to direct it the way that he has, I think, classifies him as an auteur. Mm. And I'm also reminded of the fact that um, I can't remember the term, maybe you'll remember, that Ron Howard used to be the go-to guy to just come on and fix a movie that, a director had left or that wasn't working out and they knew they were going to get something pretty solid just get enough shots to finish the movie um they call them like workman like directors or journeyman directors that sort of thing yeah yeah i, I have heard that but you know uni someone came into a guest lecture once and they mm-hmm. talked about ron howard for people <laughs> they're like like he's a good director he made some really good movies but also no one's excited for the next ron howard movie are they yeah no, one, not... no one's lining up for it <laughs> I'm not meaning to shit on Ron Howard. I guess I'm just talking about yeah. that kind of director, as you're saying, who mm-hmm. just sort of does things by the book. And then Bill, who's like, okay, let's creatively use the camera and let's mm. use all of the techniques and filmic codes and conventions in order to tell this story, which ultimately yeah. it's a visual, TV is a visual and audio audio medium. Like you should be using the camera to do stuff other than just relying on your actors to carry the whole thing through, you know? Yeah. Obviously, we should mention, like, this is a little bit of a a different subset of TV given it's HBO where they do value that sort of filmmaking more than uh, you know, other TV. They've got more money and yeah. they, they put the money into it. And also, as a as a star director, he's probably got more power and more influence on his set that he can do this sort of stuff That's and true. take the risk. And he's the creator and star and stuff. So, like, what he says goes, I imagine... Unlike someone else who maybe the director does come in to do the job mm. that week sort of thing. Mm. So, you know, that that's a little bit different, but also he's taken the opportunity here and 
so was the cast and crew to make something really special. I wish it was, I don't know, do you wish it was more popular? Like, I know it is, and it's got one Emmys over the years, and mm-hmm. it's obviously popular on Twitter, but it's not hasn't broken through like a Game of Thrones, has it? I think, unfortunately, the problem is that it was overshadowed by another HBO series airing well, at the same yeah. time that both had, like, how two of the best shows of the last, you know, well, ever, I think, two of the best shows ever made, <laughs> airing at exactly the same time. That was like, so weird. It's <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> And they went to that stupid idol show straight after. I know, right? Yeah, which has mm. now been cancelled. So, um, mm. but yeah, it's just unfortunately it's been overshadowed by Succession, which we'll talk about that in upcoming podcasts. But it, it they don't need to be in competition with each other. I'm not saying one show is better than another. No, I'm just saying no. Succession's popularity has really spread into the mainstream when Barry's really hasn't, and it's a shame that a massive show like Succession, um sheltered Barry a bit from being seen I think Mm. it's it's as good as Succession it doesn't need to be compared but like it's a great show that I wish more people had seen (laughs) um Mm. it does such interesting things and has such interesting discussion about why we do things and what is evil and are we responsible for pain and violence if we're just being given an order PTSD like it's it's really um relevant to the human experience and i Absolutely. think that's what makes a really great show you know i have to wonder if they're ever going to release it on um blu-ray or dvd because we will be can't be sure that that shows are going to be available to watch anymore hey so here's the thing everyone needs to make fun of us for collecting our little dvds right mm-hmm. look who's laughing now yeah we'll be fine We'll be fine. It'll be an apocalypse and, you know, the world will have to disintegrate it, but we'll be inside watching our little DVDs. <laughs> uh, I thought maybe we could just maybe go through the main cast of season four just to talk about them sure. in turn. And then maybe we should focus on the ending because yes. I'm still not quite over it, to be honest. Yeah, neither. Okay. All right. Um, well, what can we say about Bill Hader as Barry? <laughs> the fact that he's able to set up a shot, figure out what he wants to do, then goes into the shot as the actor, instantly goes into character, does the scene, pops out of these emotionally mm. devastating scenes. I think maybe he's a bit, um, he's got some issues. Like that's <laughs> not a normal human thing that you should be able to do, Bill. It's not. Uh, uh, it's more about him as a writer, I think, but I do remember yes. him saying a lot on the on the podcast, the Prestige TV podcast, about like how his first idea is often awful mm. and he'll bring it to the rest of the, yes. the writing staff <laughs> and they're like, oh, maybe not, mate. <laughs> I don't think we should do that. <laughs> and um, it's so great that he's got a, a crew around him that mm. will give him that feedback and also he takes it on, which is... That's the difference. He wouldn't, he wouldn't yeah. have to. Yeah. yeah. And I like um, the fact that they felt creatively free to be able to do that. He he talks about the um, editor of saying that a lot when he's mm. giving instruction. He's like, I think we should do this. And the editor's like... That's really corny. I don't think that should yeah. be in. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it, it does rely upon him as an actor, this show as well. Yeah. Um, he, he does tell the line, and it's not, probably not something which you would know, you would think of Bill Hader could could uh, really create, just if you know him from his comedy, his broader comedy stuff, I mean. Uh, I remember talking to people about this show, and they're like, oh, Bill Hader, yeah, I don't like him that much. I'm like, yeah, but watch this. You'll love him because... Yeah. He it's it's actually you know, it's comedy, but he's closer to a Walter White than he is to yes. any other comedy character. He's not like a 
Yeah, sitcom character. It's not. Like it's not a comedy. Like, let's be honest. It's funny though. It's funny, but I don't. I would never class this as a comedy. I guess black. That's why black comedy exists. But this goes into so many genres: thriller, mm. drama, like. Sometimes it turns it's into a bit, a bit of a horror film, slasher. Yeah. And I think in the in the first couple of seasons, yes, with yeah. the satirical of Hollywood and acting school, they yeah. had that was where a lot of the comedy could could land. But yeah, so that when that goes, it, it becomes less. But I don't know. I still laughed. Remember in the last season, there's that whole bit about the whole crew in the mansion with um Fuchs about mm-hmm. what they would do to stop the the family members being exposed to the violence and the guys just keep like, I'll oh, take them out for dinner. Do you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. Most of that was improv. Really? Yeah. So they had the one, I think he said he had the final line, which is um, it was something that Fuchs said that they knew and they knew a starting off point. But that final line of, I still reckon there's time for me to be able to get in there. That was improv <laughs> and all the discussion was improv, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible Amazing. sequence. Again, that was just one shot too. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, just setting it up. It yeah. was. It, also, if you're going to talk about like hilarious sequences, why are we not right. talking about Hank getting the four horsemen of the apocalypse essentially oh. <laughs> <laughs> and being so enamored by this one young hot guy? Yeah, add to cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting the like the boxes of the heads back, very seven esque. Mm. Yes. And then, I don't know why I keep opening these. I mean, it's just another head. And then, I can't remember the guy's name, Ronaldo, something like that. He's like, even in death. (laughs) I just, Anthony Carrigan, for me, is one of the best comedic actors I've ever seen. I love him so much. Let's talk about him. It's a tour de force. It's the classic thing about, supposedly, he was going to be killed in the first episode, but everyone liked him so much that they kept him on. And it's like, how could you not have him in every episode being amazing? I, I was drawn back to someone said the other day online about mm. um, the fact that we didn't get any more of his text message updates with his little emojis <laughs> as a real detractor in season four. Absolutely. <laughs> I just, what a naturally gifted performer. Mm-hmm. The the sequence where they're laying out the plan for the gang and the camera's panning and he runs back to the start position. Yeah, and David Buster's. Yes, and he had the <laughs> impulse to do that at the same time that Bill Hader was about to give him the note to do that. Like, everyone was so in their character and knew what the truth was. Uh, yeah. it It's just an incredible performance. Like, I, I don't think um, we're I, ever going to see a performance like this ever again. How could anyone act against him? He's being so funny all the time. How know. would you not just break every second he says something? Well, I think that's a testament to... um. Oh, Michael Irby as Cristobal. Like, mm. a, a lot of their interactions were improv or at least had a starting off point as well. And yet he was giving back as good as he got, you know? Like, it's... I don't know. Yeah. I would and not also, have had to act against that. I would have just laughed the entire time. <laughs> and um, obviously, Anthony Carrigan mm. is only so good because he's got a cast around him who are feeding Absolutely. back to him. Like, it's not yes. like it's just one guy who's good here. No. But he, he's definitely very special. He's a standout, absolutely, from the yeah. cast. Yeah. Uh, okay, what about Fuchs? A little bit of Fuchs, don't we? Interesting. Interesting journey for his right. character this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I, I don't think, know that it um, could have gone any other way, you know? No, in, he's they're a bit... It's a classic sort of um, love-hate relationship where they both hate each other, they're going to kill each other some episodes, and it seems like next episode, no, you can't kill him. He's my guy, like him and Barry, I mean. That is um, 
I know, very complicated because like he's your dad, he's your son, he's the guy who's put you in jail, but he's got to die. But then he can't die because if anyone's going to kill him, it's going to be me. But then I can't kill him because he's my son. Like that's just sort of how they kept going around their relationship. Yeah. Um, Stephen Root, isn't it funny that episode he was? Um, in both Barry and Succession, one after the other, when it was coming. Oh my god, it was just Remember so that? weird. They, yeah, and they panned him, and I was like, "Why is he here? Like, <laughs> he should not be here." Um, obviously, one of the great character actors of our age, Stephen Root. Mm-hmm. I think this is is maybe the show that he'll, at least in our eyes, he'll be the one that we remember him by. Like, yeah, he's a lot, a lot of that guy. Oh, that guy's in this, but I think for, for me, he's going to be Fuchs. Yeah. Well, you don't let grudges go in TV shows. I mean, you still hate Elizabeth Banks because of Scrubs. So can we, like now every time he turns Mm. up in something, you're going to feel suspicious of him, you know? Mm, Maybe. But did he love Barry? The wrong kind of love? I think he loved him. Succession, yeah. I think he loved him. I just, yeah. Yeah. He was also abusive, you know? Yeah. And I guess he, in his own twisted way, he was like, well, if, if Barry is... Is fucked up and is a is a killer. Maybe I need to point him in the right direction. And if that direction happens to also Align financially benefit me, yeah. How's it mm. serve my interests, mm-hmm. Jerry? <laughs> so, so a show just about Barry and Fuchs would be amazing. And then you, you put Noho Hank in there as well. Mm-hmm. But then Gene Cousineau, Henry Winkler with Henry a, another career-defining performance. Jesus Christ! Like I, the sweetest man. The sweetest man. He used to host brunches for the cast. You know, he used to host watching parties at his place. He'd bring cakes in when it was people's birthdays. Like, what a sweet, mm. sweet man. Playing a really effed up character, a true narcissist who needs to insert himself into every narrative and that's ultimately his undoing. Yeah. Ugh, incredible performance. I think looking back over it all, his arc is potentially the most um, heartbreaking. Yeah. The way it ends up for him. Yeah, it is, isn't it? He just couldn't get him. Even when he's doing things for the right reason, he couldn't get himself out of his own way. Yeah. This season, can we can we talk about the one-man show? Oh, my God, please. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, though, other than spectacular, amazing show-stopping. Like, yeah. he couldn't have said it any other way. I know. You know? He really became a villain in this season, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah. I, I like that about this show. Like, um, I know Bill's spoken about it a lot, about how people really hated Sally in the beginning, mm. um, which I think she suffered a bit from a similar thing to Skylar in Breaking Bad. Um, mm. And I remember Bill being like, yep, yeah, Barry's a murderer, though. So, yeah. like, he's bad. But, but for she's a bitch, reason, today, so Yeah, exactly, don't... yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think this show does a really great job of, of showing that people are damaged and complex and Mm -hmm. can do bad things and can do good things and both can be for different reasons, you know, like it's so, Mm. I don't think there's a clear protagonist and antagonist and, you know, archetypal characters. It's, this is messy human stuff. This is what people do. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, I know it's a bit too early for Twitter Corner, but... um. I've just found a, a tweet about Gene. Gene's story is one mm. of a tragic, self-fulfilling prophecy. He wanted to cast himself as the mastermind and Barry is sympathetic, and in doing so, he dug his own grave, you know? Yeah, that's it. <sighs> anyway, continue through the cast, please. Oh, yeah. Just, again, Henry Winkler is amazing. Yes. And to have so many, like, defining roles, like to be the Fonz and then um, to, to go on to... Arrested Development in the comedy space. You've been mm-hmm. on plenty of movies over the years, but to potentially give your best performance when you're in your like your seventies, well, that's it's amazing. It's pretty really. phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Can't get enough of Henry Linkler, and I, I love following him on Twitter to see when he's catching fish. I love that he just posts this little fish that he's caught. He's so precious and pure, <laughs> and I love him. Um, we should talk about S- Sally Reid, Sarah Goldberg. She's um doing some really interesting stuff on this show and i think is perhaps flying under the radar compared to the male cast members unfortunately i agree i i i don't know how you would have even begun to act this role Mm -hmm. so complex um i'm still amazed that her monologue from season one or two never won her an emmy like that that Mm. was just probably the best piece of acting i've ever seen really interesting stuff especially in the second half of this season dealing with you know well, the first half of the season, she's she's torn, right? Like, she loves this man. This man has, you know, betrayed her. That beautiful mm-hmm. little wave where the camera stayed down when she saw him in prison. Oh, impeccable. Yeah. Which, again, Bill giving kudos to everyone except himself was like, that's what mm. you get when you get a great actor who knows where they are in the space and a great cinematographer and camera operator who knows where to shoot. Um. And then the second half of the season is is grappling with what she did you know she Mm -hmm. did still kill someone even if it was Mm self-defense you know she went further than self-defense she aligned herself with barry (laughs) well worse than perhaps killing someone i don't know if it could be worse than that but willingly hiding away with someone she knows to be a mass murderer yeah for her own protection um even though she's got very complicated reasons for making that decision we see her family for example and her yes. past boyfriend, who we we saw in the earliest seasons, who was abusive. Um, thing for me is like so much of that is internal. Yeah. Yeah. We we can see it yeah. conveyed through her performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally right that like, there's two things about directing that I've heard over the years, which again we we said the correct opinion because we're doing this <laughs> now. Is like it's a series of consistent choices, which I think we've noticed that with Bill Hader. Mm. Even when he talks about it, he's just like, oh, that felt right. It's like, yeah, because you've got to, you know what's right for this show because you're directing it. You've got a good barometer for what works and mm. what doesn't. Yeah. 
But the second thing about directing in terms of performances is good directing is good casting. Mm. And they just happen to happen to find they always did a really good job finding the best actors possible yeah. and they're all so committed and yeah her, her performance it could have been like how many times we watch something we review it on here on this podcast and we're like oh i didn't really feel it i didn't really understand what they were going through mm-hmm. it, it goes all around the issue but no they they take it on and, and sally's character in particular has to go through some shit but you're with her every step of the way yeah right so that's the that's the main cast, and was it, wasn't it weird seeing them together? Like, because Barry's been the the fulcrum of the show, and he's got two sides around him. But then we had a scene with Sally and Noho Hank. Yeah, like, what? like why are you two? You're almost in different shows. Like, why are you two interacting yeah. right now? Yeah, right. I got a question for you. Okay, back back a little back a little bit. When Cristobal is killed mm. in that episode earlier. Hank does the terrible thing where he buries the other guys. I knew life. it was coming. I right. knew it was coming, yeah. Yeah, Cristobal is there. Yeah. And Hank comes in to save him. Yeah. And at first I was like, so he saved him just to kill him later. But then I'm like, well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? That, that is the point. He loved him so much that he saved him, but then he reached this impossible impasse where he's like, I can't do anything else for you now you've got to be on my side and otherwise, be okay with this that's it otherwise you were dying and then that's what happened he makes but Cristobal makes that decision i feel yeah i know i know hank does too i'm not you know um, yeah 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 like he's responsible <laughs> i'm not trying to shift the blame but yeah. in that sequence Cristobal knows what's going to happen when he opens the door you know yeah but and... he he in a way is probably the most ethical character of like a mob well, boss, like he's like I'm not doing this betrayed. anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, maybe it's more a selfish motivation, but no, no, I think you think you're right there. But also, like I think he had some idea that they were going to go legit. Yes. Yeah, with that the was sand. not going to happen. With yeah, the sand. and yeah. it was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. But they couldn't see that. You know, like but there is there is something like you guys could have just stayed down I in Santa Fe and not I been know. in the crime business. I know. I love like um, when Bill originally wrote the season. Apparently he had like three episodes of them in the beginning, just having like a nice time, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just their relationship and stuff. And I was like, I want that show. I want the Hank and Christopher <laughs> spinoff of just them being in love and having a great time. Yeah. Um, it's not that sort of show. No, no, I know. Yeah. But it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I remember um, Bill saying on that podcast, which is really good. He's like, mm. we're not going to kill people off and then forget about them. They're not just like. Yes. You know, they talk about it a lot in action movies where they fridge the wife and that means they kill her off just so the, the um, main male actor has a, a reason to go on the killing spree or revenge yeah. or whatever. And I think that, not quite the same here, but in the sense that like Janice was killed in season one and everyone else that Barry was affected in, or affected their lives by killing their loved ones came mm-hmm. back to bite him in season three. And then it all, it's all tied together in this last episode where where Jim Moss, so we didn't mention before, great performance again from, mm. very scary performance by oh, terrifying. Robert Wise as um, Janice's mum, Janice's dad, sorry. Um, it all comes together in one of the most bizarre, heartbreaking ends to a season I've ever seen, the whole series tonight. What? Yeah. Can you talk us through it? I, I can. Could I just make one comment? The, the thing about that they never forgot um the death of 
Janet Moss, mm. Bill has said, because that's how it is in life. If someone dies who is your partner, you're not just fine skipping down the street and then like it takes years it mm-hmm. ruins your life it's it's integral and i've just realized two of the best shows that we've watched recently have dealt with the reality of death in different ways mm. this one is is a slow sort of undoing of your life everything you thought to be true everything you knew that was real and to complete mm-hmm. devastation compared to how it feels when you get the news that someone close to you is dead and how that mm-hmm. plays out in real time. I just think it's interesting that they have both touched on this theme yeah. of death in a very real and striking performance. Anyway. I remember so, that in um in Breaking Bad mm-hmm. where, where Jesse really grapples with what he's done at various yes. points. Yeah. Yeah. And then well Todd done. and the kid really became his undoing, you know, like mm-hmm. Yeah, because that Todd was a robot, he had no feelings. Yeah. Jesse had too many. Yeah. That's okay. Anyway. Great show. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, so so the end of this season, so we, the, I guess the sort of coda is that we um, head to Sally and, well, hang on, I'm skipping something, aren't I? <laughs> the fact that Barry dies. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. So apparently he did <laughs> a bunch of takes of that with different things and they just saw whichever one worked in the in the end, he didn't yeah. even realize that that's the first thing he says to Kusuno or whatever. He was just trying a bunch yeah. of different things. Yeah, wow. They didn't realize I mean... that. They just chose that at the end. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? How can yeah. you be accidentally making every right choice creatively? Like, this just seems <laughs> insane. Um, yeah, so there's like there's a big showdown. We were expecting Barry to come in and kill their body and do yes. like a John Wick thing where he takes down all the mob and he saves his son and finally kills off the raven and whatever. It doesn't work like that. They all just very awkwardly, clumsily kill each other. Yeah. Bizarre. But it just, yeah. It all... Fitting with this show. Absolutely. And, you know, the show could, this show could never have had a big showdown like that, you know. Like, they did a great job of making us think that that was possible, but it was never going to mm. be possible. Because it is a heightened reality, but it is still reality. It's still quite grounded in certain points. Yeah, and that. there was that there was that scene in a couple of seasons ago where Barry took down the monastery. Yes. But that was because yeah. he was finally kind of breaking bad up in that season after. Yeah, he was becoming be his true, you know, yeah. self sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this one, yeah, it, it really it pulled the rug out of us and then we're like, Oh, perfect though. That's of course, how, of course. Yeah. That's how it has to happen. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that they so the original scene where Hank dies mm-hmm. um at the feet of Cristobal was mm-hmm. Sally putting his hand in the statue <laughs> and everyone on set, like... Um, said it was bad. Said yeah. it was awful. Like, Sarah was like, I don't understand why she would do this. She doesn't know Cristobal. And, mm. you know, everyone's like, I don't think it works, Bill. And he's like, no, this is how it's happening. This is going to do it. And in the end, like, it didn't work. And apparently he called Anthony Carrigan to be like, I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to reshoot your death scene. And apparently mm. his reaction was, oh, thank God because <laughs> <laughs> he funny, knew yes. that it wasn't truthful either but <laughs> yeah. um what a way, tragic ends up in the show is, is wonderful yeah completely tragic yeah, everyone's undone yeah everyone's undone by their fatal flaw yeah and the worst thing they've done their wound has come back to mm-hmm. to get them yeah. <sighs> this is great writing right like this is mm-hmm. exactly yeah mm-hmm. narrative journeys but you know fuchs slipping into the darkness like the cockroach he always is always managing to get away mm. You know, mm-hmm. descent into hell. Like he's there's no hope for him. The last hopeful thing he did was to 
return John to his father, which that's all he could do as a as an apology to Barry because, you know, he saw he saw John as Barry, you know, at that age. Mm-hmm. Um beautiful sequence. And then, you know, the family's reunited, John, Sally and um Barry. And Sally's like, you know, this is it. You've gotta you've gotta turn yourself in. Mm-hmm. And we know in that moment that that's that's something that Barry could never do, um, and Sally knew that, and so she escapes that night and takes John and they leave. And Barry decides he wants to turn himself in, but for some reason, which is a little bit sort of plot machinationy, I will say, is oh, I have to go and tell Jean this before I go do the thing. But I guess again, that's his arrogance of being like thinking that he was in control of any of this, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was more that he went to find Sally at Jean's house and then when he's there, he's like, oh, now yeah, I've got to turn fair, myself in. Fair, But you're right. The fact that he ends up at Jean's house is fitting but convenient? I don't know. Yeah, it was a little convenient. But, mm. um, you know, Bill always knew that Jean was going to... Uh, sorry, that Barry was going to be killed with the Ripton gun. Um. <laughs> Back when they first, apparently that first time it was shown, he just said to his, I can't remember, his cinematographer, mm. oh, no, no, to Alec Berg. He's like, it'd be cool if this was the reason. And they're like, yeah, that's yeah. that's a cool reason. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. And he kept that in his back pocket for this whole time. Like, it's just pretty <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. But, yes, then we then we sort of jump forward and Sally's um, in this new town with John. She's a, she's a high school drama teacher. You know, they've put on a great show. All she wants is to be validated. All she wants is to be told that she's done a good job and she is by her son. Um, Her son who has been sheltered a lot from the reality of what his dad did. Mm. Um, And he asked to go spend the night at, um, well, sorry, first of all, a teacher crack flung to Sally, you know, says, are you free for a drink? Mm. And she says, no, originally the line was no thank you. And Sarah was like, I don't think she'd say thank you. I think she'd just leave it at (laughs) no um, which is just a beautiful last, you know, thing to end Sally's journey mm. on. You know, the glance in the in the back seat to see the flowers that are still there. You know, she's gotten her validation, her adoration. You know, it's a show about narcissists. That's all she so needs. Yeah. That's all she needed. But John goes to a friend's house to watch the Hollywood cinema adaptation of his dad's life that paints Barry as a war hero and Jean as some sort of criminal mastermind and it just makes you think like how many movies have we seen with this little like redemption arc and then the the black text being like he's you know he's had a great burial the most prestigious um cemetery and gene like it's just so unjust it's so horribly unfair and in that way so terrifyingly realistic yeah, it's, it's it was shocking. Like I didn't think that's how the, the whole season was going to end. Yeah. But it's it's a huge like creative risk to do that, but oh, God, it's so yeah. fitting as well <laughs> to to turn your whole show into kind of it's a punchline, isn't it? To a really terrible joke. It's a really sick joke. Yeah. We spent four seasons yep. telling you how bad this guy is. Yet at the end, he's the hero. And not that anyone else was a villain around him, but I know Gene was as much a victim as anybody, and he's the one who's put in jail for the rest of his life, and yeah. he's remembered as the 
as the mastermind of this all. That's it was heartbreaking. Not even that, but like most of the final episode is taken up with time of watching that Hollywood interpretation you know like I, mm-hmm. I was watching the countdown yeah. like you've got like a half an hour to like stick the landing and we're spending a mm-hmm. lot of time on this thing yeah <sighs> you kind of wonder they they don't seem to have a very good opinion of hollywood do they no <laughs> they they take it down so many times the whole acting experience and then mm-hmm. when sally is is screwed over by the streaming service and and this where they they're looking to profit off horrible um, real life events, all the murders, and then it's twisted. I think, in a way, as well, it it um, implicates everybody. Like it's saying, yes. there's no ethical way for this to have gone. You're all at fault. Like the Hollywood studio execs are as much at fault as Gene is, as you know, Fuchs is. I mean, levels obviously they didn't kill anybody, but what I'm saying yeah. is, things like this only happen through consistent choices that individual people make you know indeed yeah nah, pretty <sighs> terrible so what do you think about his son though do you think his son believes the movie he's yes. seeing or does he have enough memories of what actually happened to him so because he must remember that his, his dad didn't come in and save him and kill everybody around him in the warehouse you know Bill spoke about this on the Prestige mm. TV podcast. So um, his interpretation was absolutely John thinks his dad is a hero and that's why they ended on that little smile of him. You know, that's the final scene before they cut mm. to black. Um, it was brought up like surely he remembers and Barry's like, yeah, but how much does he remember really though? Some bad guys were after his dad, you know? Like he still yeah, got saved from the shootout, you know, maybe in his mind he conflicted who saved mm. him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Also... Don't forget he's had, like, I don't know how, I can't remember how old he is, eight years or whatever, of his dad telling him what a great person he was and the sacrifices he had to make overseas and the army. You know, he's Mm. been brainwashed with that narrative from birth. One small interaction, maybe some things don't add up, but you were young and you don't quite remember. Mm. Like, I think that's enough there for him to explain that away. I think 100% he thinks that that, I'm sure he thinks it's an embellished version, but he he sees his dad as the hero, which is the key component here. He he sees his dad as the as the hero, and Gene is one of the bad guys who was out to get his dad. You know. Yeah, and with with Gene's family also thinking yep. that, and yeah, Sally would never. She she can't tell the real story. She can't even face it though, as well yeah. in herself. Like she doesn't have that that strength to be able mm-hmm. to interrogate what's happened i think i think that would devastate her because that's what what's happened before you know her descent into alcoholism and ptsd and all of that like the only thing she can do is just exist at the minute you know like i I don't there's no redemption for her there's no redemption for anybody everyone's cursed and doomed yeah what a nihilistic ending for your show right to be like Mm. none of it really mattered and everyone's shit and Everyone's going to hell. Like, I'm just look uh, up a quote here mm, about that final scene, which yeah. kind of very much speaks to what you were just saying. Um, in its final frame, Barry asks us to consider what effect watching violence has on us as viewers. With John's slight smile of relief, the mayhem that Barry presented is now fodder for mindless entertainment that belittle the real victims. Mm-hmm. That's from the AV Club. It's interesting. Jeez. <sighs> All right, are you yeah, so, ready to head on over to Twitter Corner? 
<laughs> let's back it up into into the corner. Into the corner, back it up, everybody. Um, yeah. one thing we should mention: there's a brilliant cameo by yeah. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> When, he, when, when the camera pans around, we were like, "Didn't that I say like that's, that's like Guillermo?" And I'm like, "Of course it couldn't be." No, it was. It was a hundred percent. They're yeah. good friends, apparently. Um, <laughs> and who's the third director that they're friends uh, with? Was it Inati or was it Kiran? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, either of those. I can't remember. Um, great little thing, and I, I just love that. You know. Um, Guillermo thought that Bill was shooting the scene all wrong and told him that he was doing it incorrectly yeah. and um, was texting whoever it was, Alfonso or Alexander, you know, he has no idea what he's doing, he's a hack. Um, mm, and apparently funny, Bill yes. was trying to give him direction and Guillermo just went, I will not you be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he, he's got a tweet here. He said, Barry was a beautiful experiment, bright, anarchic, bold, full of invention and messy humanity. And it was the heralding of Bill Hader's talent as a director and guiding force, an articulate, brave, and cultured filmmaker. Season four, episode three had a nippy cameo, but other than that, which is his episode. <laughs> um, imagine one of the best directors of all time calling you brave and cultured and articulate. Like, oh, what an incredible Ooh. thing to get. Um, Alex Sylvian. They had like 500 irredeemable characters on Barry and I still haven't hated anyone more than Sally's mum. <laughs> she was awful. That scene where Sally's uh, having a panic attack in the car and her mum accuses her of being dramatic. Ooh, ooh, that hit me. And also I remember them talking about where she goes under her dad's desk, which was like her safe mm. place, and her dad walks in the room being like, hey, bud, what you doing under there? Like it's just like a fun thing that she's decided to do and not like... Uh. She's completely... Some people just don't get it. <sighs> She's regressing, but then she realizes she can't be there. Yep. Um, Eric Italiano, Bill Hader perfectly illustrated America's diseased gun culture with a single, utterly terrifying 30-second long scene in Barry. So that's mm -hmm. referring to the sequence where he's listening to all these podcasts, right? All these religious podcasts to... For confirmation bias, to be told that what mm. he is doing will be forgiven in the eyes of God, that it's not an evil thing that he's doing, that he is justified and righteous in doing so. Eventually he gets to the podcast that validates it and he's like, yep, got it, turn it off, don't need that anymore. But that beautiful sequence where he's walking through a Walmart or wherever he's walking through with the yeah, gun with strapped the to guns. his back. Like a lot of mm, people are would... like, how can you think that he's not being political here? Like he's, he's 100% mm. like... <laughs> no it's just yeah um yeah. people talk about that like a lot of countries and societies have like huge blind spots uh-huh that you can't see it with when you're in within the culture yeah and the fact that you can buy guns so easily over there is normal to them but it's just so weird to us so bizarre it's even bizarre like um i know in europe a lot of your supermarkets sell alcohol like on mm. the shelves, that's not a thing in Australia at all. Like that's weird enough that you can go and get a <laughs> bottle of wine from like Woolies. Yeah, yeah. I know we have like BWS and Liquorland tie-ins with Woolies and Coles, but sure. um, it's still bizarre. But yeah, the fact that you could get a gun is just, uh, yeah, I still can't get over it. Um, got another tweet here. Bill Hader is a genius for the ending. Barry, a Marine and mass murderer, ended up being shown as a hero is such a typical American exceptionalism. What a ride it has been from start to finish. Absolutely exhilarating. <sighs> yeah, it doesn't have much much good to say about society, being yeah. a human. 
But with all that in mind, it's a good show. You watch it. <laughs> yeah, the first and last time Barry and Jean spoke to each other, they spoke the same word, which they didn't even know when they were shooting. Ugh. Um. Brendan Hodges, I mostly love the ending to Barry, which looks like it'll take a path of tired redemption only to do something else entirely, telling a sobering and sad end and being unable to live past your bad choices. Mournful, ballsy, and absurd. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's what you were saying about what a risk to mm. take. Um, I've got another quote here. Yeah. Can I, can yeah, I go say it? I just got to find it again. It's about that final, the, the film within a film. Um, okay. In some ways, the sequence plays less as satire than as a celebration of Barry itself, mm-hmm. reminding us one last time of how great and unique it was by letting us see how bad the material could have been handled. Ah, um, that I Alan like that. As well. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And they would have, that was like the last thing they shot, right? In like the last couple of days. Yeah. They would have had so much fun just like, okay, your direction now is to be as hammy as possible. We're going to shoot this as terribly yeah. as we can. It sounds and like after... they had an absolute absolute blast doing that, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing uh, stuff. Um, just someone pointing out two of the most devastating line deliveries. Mm. Sally's, you know, he makes me feel safe. Oh, that was um, terrible. But and, I got it. I, yeah. I understood what she was saying. That just sums up so much of... The horrible society we live in. Yeah, that but someone can feel safer with the criminal than they can by themselves or with other people. But the most devastating thing is that Sorry. that the show goes one step further when Fuchs the Raven asks Hank, you know, admit what you've done, and he just breaks down and says, "This wasn't supposed to happen. I just wanted to be safe." Ugh, mm-hmm. Hank. Barry's people want to be safe. Yep. This show, like, can I charge my therapy <laughs> uh, payments to it? Like, can I yeah, can I get some sort of compensation here? Um, also, so, people making a comment that, you know, Barry aired the night before Memorial Day and there was the whole, you mm-hmm. know, he got buried in the Arlington National Cemetery with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Bit of a commentary there. Well, look, I probably don't want to get into too much, but Australia right now is dealing with a, a celebrated war hero who is being yes, questioned. Yes, good point. And Careful, we'll get sued th- for defamation. Well, potentially, but, we, well... Well, no, because the truth you is You can't actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> anyway, but it just shows you not only was is he a criminal who's got away with it, but the fact that he has a military background definitely plays its part. We love war heroes. Yet he's not, he's not one. So... I did make sort of question people saying this earlier, but I am looking forward to what Bill Hader does next, especially it seems like he's going into feature filmmaking. Um, I think we've got something quite special coming there. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't mind if he just has a break. You know, it's pretty, pretty full on to be yeah. doing your own show where you're in, you know, every scene for the He also spoke end. about that on the podcast that, like, he, he needs a break, like, writing this and getting mm. script in on Monday and then figuring out shooting schedules and doing all that and then shooting it like he just needs to chill for a bit and like i think he's totally (laughs) um yeah totally justified in doing that but i will absolutely be there you know first day on opening day and i think the other thing is like yeah he's a great director but he seems like a really nice 
human. Like he he was mm. so nice to the people on set and his crew and really like he had a no assholes policy, which, you know, everyone mm-hmm. should have. Um but yeah, he's just totally you know, and 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 someone's making a parody by being like, he's like, oh, Liz Sanoff pitched her trauma reaction, and Sarah was really great into it, so I just blocked it out. But the coordinator and the DP really got <laughs> it, so you know, it wasn't really me. So <laughs> humble and like totally, seemingly um, oblivious to the fact that he has this talent, like, or 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 very quick to undercut that with, you know, the efforts of everybody else around him. Mm. Um, and I guess it just makes it easier to to stand him when you have someone who's not only talented and phenomenal but also a really nice person seems like it yeah he works really hard to create really wonderful stuff like i yeah i don't know if i can go back and watch it at the moment like it it, it was a bit mm. too much for me in the in the ending but um i think i will revisit it at some point obviously we're buying it if it comes on dvd <laughs> <laughs> well, i think it's you have to yeah. Mm. All right. I think we're probably saying five stars five overall stars. for the season. Yeah. But we do have those concerns with the, a little bit with um. It's just a time little jump. rushed, yeah. But it stuck the landing, which we were concerned for an episode or two. That yes, wasn't we going were. To, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely very happy with how it all turned out. Um, yeah. So get amongst it. It's on binge down here in Australia. HBO. Or Max, whatever it is called overseas. Mm. I would recommend watching it soon if you haven't, because who knows how that's all playing out with shows. Mm. It's quite successful and it's going to win Emmys and stuff, though, so it probably will be more accessible than some, but I don't well, know. Well, is it going to win Emmys or is Succession going to. It's a comedy. It'll be in different categories. Amazing. Yes. Perfect. Having said that, Succession's quite funny, too, in the same sort of dark yeah, way. So, it is, yeah. 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 Tough hours, though, I guess. So. <sighs> all right well this has been us talking about barry as we said we did the season three breakdown last um year as well um go listen to prestige yeah. tv podcast and hear bill hater break down each episode if you yes have. we'll definitely put links into the show notes about that. yes okay well thank you for listening do you have anything else to say to listeners today i don't know i feel like i should have some like final thing to leave them on but i'm not bill hater you know <laughs> i don't <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.